Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy. I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. What is up everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So this week we will be continuing on with a new show format like we had last week. We're going to have a special guest on here in just a moment. I'll introduce him. But this is completely unscripted, just genuine conversation about Scripture. So forgive any uh, bumps along the way, so to speak, but I hope that you'll enjoy it. So without wasting any more time or rambling on, this is our guest for the week. Would you like to introduce yourself and give everyone a little bit of information? Sure. Uh, My name is Michael, and I am from the eastern Tennessee region. And uh, Chandler has invited me on to speak about some scripture that uh, is meaningful to me. Uh, These are not necessarily my top three, but I do have a couple passages that I've picked out. And you were sharing with me before we started recording that you had listened to a little bit of the podcast, but definitely not a whole lot. So this is kind of an unbiased conversation, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, I've listened to a little bit of the first episode and uh, you invited me on. So I figured I'd have to give it a little bit of a listen before I, I jumped on. So you brought a few places from scripture today that are particularly meaningful to you for us to discuss. So if you want to go ahead and read that first and we can get right into it. Sure. Uh, so the first one is Romans chapter 10, and it's a few verses starting at verse 9. Um, verse 9 starts, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to stop there. Um, This scripture specifically, I think, speaks to me because when I was younger, I had a lot of struggles with my salvation because a lot of people, not necessarily because I'm not Greek, but I had uh, issues with doubt because I didn't have the foundation that a lot of other people had where they knew the time they were saved, on the day they were saved, and where they were saved. And while I may have some of those details, I didn't have all of them. And this scripture really puts it really plain and says, you know, it is, this is not a hard process. It's actually an incredibly simple process for something that is so important. But it just plainly says, you know, you can, for anybody who believes in Jesus and confesses, then they, should, they can be saved. So um, for me, I just didn't know, I couldn't remember the day and I couldn't remember where I was specifically. I was probably about eight whenever I got saved. 
And so I think this is just really important scripture for anybody to know as a foundation for their belief because you just, for me, it's more about having concrete information. And if, you know, you go down to the altar and you don't know that you've been saved, well, if you know you believe and that you've confessed it, then the scripture tells you you're, you're saved, you're good. For me, that was really a, a breaking point for me because I really struggled until I really found this scripture. Yeah, and that reminds me of a conversation I got to have a while back with one of my good friends. And he was saying that he felt like salvation, people treat it like it's a light switch. You just flip it on. And he felt like it wasn't really fair to make that statement. And I would say uh, it is and it isn't. So like you were saying, some people can pinpoint, I know the date and where I was at exactly when I got saved. And for other people, it feels like a more gradual process. And I would say that you know, and it is like a light switch in the sense that you're either saved or you're not saved, and there's not really a gray area in between there. But for a lot of people, I think you don't just wake up one day and you're like, oh my goodness, I wasn't saved and now I'm saved. And, and it's done a full 180 for my life. In some ways, I think people have that point. Everyone has that point where they weren't saved and then they got saved. But you kind of approach that through different experiences or, uh, or the work that God does in your heart that leads you in that direction. And then maybe you don't realize exactly when or where it was that you crossed that line, but you know, well, I believe in my heart now. You know, I'm putting my faith in, in Jesus. I am saved. And maybe that was, you know, at this point in my life or at this spot, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, to tie it even more into the scripture, you know, and it's, if I can come from my heart and say, hey, Jesus is my Savior, and I fully believe and trust in him, well, I know I'm good. Uh, the, and you're right, I don't think the light switch is a fair comparison. And I, that is definitely something that was emphasized at the church I grew up in, and that was part of the reason I had a struggle with it. Because I didn't have that, like, oh my goodness, I'm saved now, thing off an altar, you know. I do remember running down, my grandparents lived above us, and uh, I do remember being at my grandparents' house and having the overwhelming feeling of being lost. And so I ran down the hill as fast as I could. And I remember running into the house and going to my dad and saying, you know, something's wrong. I don't know what's going on here. And I think that was the day I was saved. But again, I was between seven and eight, probably, we, we think. And nobody just made the note of, oh, this is a Thursday and 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. So I think that was probably part of that from of my salvation for me but yeah I definitely think it's a, it's a heart thing and you you can't really pinpoint it yeah and one thing that I do love about these verses as well is it strikes me that this is something anyone can do and a lot of times especially when you get into the weeds of, uh, of theology people debate Calvinism and Arminian theology predestination but this is a point that I've brought up on the show before and I'll say it again you know when I read this it just strikes me that, that anyone can do this. Anyone can put their faith in God. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be from a special background or a, a geographical area or of a certain political alignment or anything like that. This is something that every person who is born and is on this earth can do of our own volition. Yep, yep. The, uh, <laughs> the other day I was driving down the road and I saw a church sign and it had like five descriptor words. I'm not even going to go into them, but I thought, how pointless is that? You're, you kind of are starting to miss the point if you have to start labeling yourself like that. 
And, you know, it is insanely simple to uh, gain salvation when you look at it from a, uh, a rules perspective or what you have to do. It's very simple what you have to do, but it's a hard commitment sometimes. I would agree with that, absolutely. So uh, what's that second spot of Scripture that you have here? So let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So this is a simple verse, um, but I've struggled with anxiety through my entire life. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I have like panic attacks on the regular, but I definitely have went through points in my life, like many people have, where I've had some pretty intense anxiety. And scriptures like this, there's many other uh, verses that can tie to a very similar statement, but this one's always been a good one because it's, again, just very plain and simple. You know, it just says, you know, God's got everything in control, and sometimes we all need to stop and remember that because we may think about financial situations or health issues or whatever, but ultimately God's got you covered, and things will be provided to you if that's what he deems his will. And so this one I always have to go back and read occasionally because I just need to remember it. Yeah, and when I read that, I see it as as something that is often a little easier said than done, you know, not being anxious. It can be a very hard thing to to put into practice, even if you are aware mentally, you know the scripture and everything and you believe it, but sometimes it can just feel overwhelming when you're in the moment and going about your life. For me, I think it's, it's a little easier to not be anxious and to lean heavily on God when it's something I feel that I don't have any control over. When I recognize that it's out of my hands, then I kind of don't have any other option but to trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I've found that in those places where I think that I could make a change, where I could you know, handle it myself, so to speak, even though that couldn't be further from the truth, I tend to lean more on trying to solve that problem myself or, or answer that anxiety through my own actions. Does your experience kind of line up with that? Or oh, yeah. What would you say? Definitely. Uh, I definitely try to take the bull by the horns, as they say, all the time. And I always feel way worse about it. It's always whenever I stop and realize I'm failing and put God back at the center whenever it seems like things smooth back out. So I'm currently going through the process of building a house. And when I first started the project, I thought, okay, I'm going to lay this budget out and I'm going to know every penny that I'm going to spend. That is not how building a house works. And it's been very difficult for me to not be anxious over the project because Again, like you said, I have no control over what things are going to cost. And in today's market, the market is extremely volatile and prices are fluctuating every day. So I have a budget. I know what I can spend, but I have no idea what things are going to cost. So it's an incredibly frustrating situation for me because I like to plan. But it's just one of those where I've got to just trust that my builder knows what he's doing. And, you know, I'm trying to tie this back to the scripture here, but, you know, that's how we are with our life with, with God. I just have to, you know, he knows what's best for us. And just like my builder knows what he's doing with that house, I have to just know that he's going to keep me in budget. And, well, I know God's going to take care of me because it says it right here in this verse. I don't need to worry about those things. Yeah, and some of the best business advice that I ever got was about forecasts. And it was this. 
there's one thing that you can know for sure about forecasts, and that's that they're always wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I try to remind myself of that whenever I'm laying things out to a T, you know, how it's going to go. And I just remind myself, yeah, chances are at least half of this is going to get completely blown out of the water by something unexpected that I could have never prepared or predicted. So Yeah. Yeah, we say at work all the time, take the amount of time you think something's going to take, double it, double it again, because <laughs> that's usually what happens. <laughs> so I think you had one more spot of scripture here for us today. Yep. John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this is a little bit similar to the Romans verses, I think, but... It speaks more to Jesus, and that's kind of the point I wanted to make with it. Is um, It's very interesting to me that he is made of the world, but that we defaultly don't accept him. You know, you would think, well, we just, we'd be born coming into the world as a Christian, but instead we have to choose to follow Jesus. And while that's a beautiful process, it just seems counterintuitive to me. But it is true, you know. He was there during creation uh, as the word in these passages, and it's pretty amazing the process but if you continue reading this chapter too it it speaks even more into us becoming the children of God and everything but I think those highlight part what I always want to talk about yeah and it says here that he came to his own and his own people did not receive him Mm -hmm. you know thinking back to kind of the Easter story sort of thing they were allowed to turn one person free and of course we know they ended up choosing Barabbas who was actually guilty of the things that he was accused of. You know, I think that that holds true today for the way that we approach Jesus. A lot of times it's not the attractive or appealing thing to live in obedience to God and in obedience to his word, but that's ultimately what we're called to do, even though we are often sidetracked by, you know, things of the world, our own desires or or leaning on our own understanding over the wisdom that we can find in Scripture. Yeah. One of those things that's so weird to me about how God set up the process for us to get saved, that we would be so defaultly against the grain. But that's, I think, ultimately why we have the choice that we do to follow him, is he wants us to choose to follow him. Yeah, and that's that's the way that I've heard it told as well often, is that, you know, sure, we could be, forced into submission. You know, God could uh, could force all of us to believe and, and be saved, but he loves us enough that he wants us to have the choice. God desires for us to love him, you know, in the best way that we can. Just like a parent, I'm sure, would desire for their child to, to love them in a similar way that, that they care for the child. Yep, absolutely. It wouldn't be much of a relationship if we were forced into choosing to follow Jesus. Uh, And I try to use that whenever I'm trying to talk to other people about Christ and everything. Um, Faith is one thing that I think a lot of people have a hard time with because they think, well, if I just had more evidence, I'd believe. Well, if he made it plain as day, say he came back to earth right now and said, I'm Jesus, follow me, I'm going to do all these miracles. 
well, they would have no choice but to accept him because it would be obvious. And I think sometimes that's why he wants us to have faith and things are not things are not as clear-cut sometimes because if you didn't have true faith, then what kind of relationship would we have with Christ? Yeah, it would just be much more of an obedience relationship than it would be a love for one another. Yeah, I think that system and, and having faith makes it a very personal relationship and a very personal connection versus the way that you described it there, the word that came to mind for me was academic or, right. um, or scientific almost. You know, you, mm-hmm. you look at it and you say, well, objectively, these are the facts. And so, like, yes, God is real. Here he is. Versus being able to have a very intimate and personal connection with God, which I think is a very special thing. You think about just prayer. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're able to talk to the almighty God of the universe, everything, all-powerful, all-knowing, and yet we're able to boldly approach that throne and have that conversation just like we're talking to a friend or a parent even. You know, Heavenly Father draws a very nice comparison to an earthly father uh, for those of us who have been blessed to have a strong influence in our lives in that role. Yep. Yeah, and it's, you want to compare it to another, you want to talk about love of a parent and everything. I mean, as a child, if you were to ask a child why they love their parent, they're not going to list off a bunch of academic reasons why they love their parents. It's, well, I just do, because they're my parent. And I think that speaks volumes to the relationship we're supposed to have with Christ as well. It's a great example. Absolutely. Well, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to offer as we kind of wrap things up here? I think that about does it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation and and being able to have you on the show here, and I hope that everyone listening has as well. Once again, everyone, this is episode 18. This is our uh, new show format we're trying out. This is is not going to be a permanent installment. We are going to be doing some of the regular, more outlined episodes in the future, but I do want to get your feedback here. So once again, like I said last week, Please don't hesitate to send an email to the address in the show description and let us know what you think about this. If people enjoy it, we may make it a regular segment on the show. So this is going to officially conclude episode 18, a scripture spotlight featuring short-time listener, Michael. Thanks for having me. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.